What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show. I'm Daniel, alongside with me is Big Blue, and today we got a special guest in the building. None other than the uh, famous, is it Dago or Dago? I, I Dago. 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 Now that everybody knows, now I'm probably going to mess that up a lot tonight, so I'm going to apologize ahead of time. <laughs> Nobody ever I mean, says it. I might end up calling you something like Jim or something, just because you know I went from Kim to Pam, remember, so. Yes. Yeah, there's no telling with me. How are you doing I, tonight, Dago? I am wonderful. How are you guys? I'm doing, doing good. good, my man. Doing good. Doing good. Big Blue. Yeah, and you were uh, making the rounds on the YouTube world. Yeah, the I, was on, I was on Dago's show the other day, and I've been on a few other yes, ones. Yes, it, was. It's one of the things where like, I kind of had insomnia the last couple of days. I, I was off. So mm-hmm. whatever podcast was on, they were talking about aliens. They were talking about the cases, and they had open mics. So I'd say, "Hey, I'm bored. I feel like I need to talk to somebody." So I would jump on. You can always <laughs> come in our place. Always. <laughs> you ended yeah. up talking to who though? You talked to somebody who is a uh, a little bit of a celebrity. Who? How did you? Who did you end up talking to, Blue? I ended up talking to um, his name. I didn't get his name on here, but. I know him as Hector from Fast and the Furious. What? And a lot of other movies that he comes out in is, is he's Hector. I was gonna say, dude, I think his name is Hector in every movie that he comes out of. Yeah. His uh <laughs> real name's on there. I just gotta find it real quick. But yeah, he, and I was and I was calling because uh in the middle of the night he was uh he was on there in a podcast, it's called the the Blackout Podcast. And it's an old DJ that does a lot of uh, older, um, he did a lot of older hip-hop music. Uh, and he brings on guests. And I was just calling out because it, it kind of like went from talking about movies, talking about about his life experience. And then he, I guess he found he found God. So he started talking about God. And man, everybody was ragging mm-hmm. on him. So I said, hey, let me call and give this guy some support. So. Oh, and, 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 and then he was saying how he doesn't like doing certain movies because Hollywood always, you know, you don't know who you can trust in Hollywood. So I had, to, of course, I had to put my two cents about how I don't trust the media. So I, <laughs> I heard that. There. I heard that. <laughs> Bringing yes, up sir. our pain. I sent the clip, so I'll send it to you again right now so you can show yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to get hit with a uh, copyright from their podcast. Oh yeah, that's but right. But I'll send it to, I'll send it to Dago. Uh, but go check that out on, you know, we'll put the link in the uh, community tab. And uh, I got to ask him how, comes in. how it was to work with Clint Eastwood because that's one of my favorite actors and directors. So Nice, man. Very cool. Very cool. You should have asked him to come on the podcast, man. Come on the podcast. What's your uh, your favorite Eastwood movie, Blue? Um, I always liked The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, yeah. Um, Good one. You know, Pink Cadillac, but yes. um, all I like good. some of his newer one, like The Mule. Oh, the Mule is good. I, I want to see that really bad. I think the Grand, newest one I've seen was uh, Gran Torino. Grand oh, Torino. Gran Torino was amazing. Yes. Yeah, that was one of my favorites was Gran Torino. So. And I think my favorite of his is Alcatraz, Escape from Alcatraz. That was my favorite from him. Oh, yeah. That was and a I, good one. I can't remember the name of it, but also the one that he... Um, Magic Mike. No, the one he he, he traveled with a chimpanzee, the monkey one. Oh, 
That is a great movie too. It's called Every Which Way But Lose. Yes, that one. I like. I like. Uh, that with him hanging from the chandelier in the motel. Yeah, that's a great yeah. movie. <clears throat> so, I know everybody wants to hear us talk about Clint Eastwood movies and and Big Blue talk, uh, coming out on podcasts, but we also got to talk a little bit of uh, of the content. And as everybody is probably aware, and as everybody has seen here recently. Uh, there was a hearing in the Brian Koberger case, um, <clears throat> and it was, a, it was a little bit interesting. You know, I, I think we want to talk about the highlights. We're not going to watch the the, the trial. Fortunately, uh, the Saluthi Goosey on her Twitter put out uh, a hearing summary, and you know, kind of highlights the uh, uh, the main points of what occurred. And we'll talk about those and and those points. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to get your opinion, Diego. Um, what was your thoughts on the cases? I mean, on the, on the trial, as far as, you know, we were expecting it to be a significantly longer trial. We we're expecting, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, that was, that was a surprise. And, and it wasn't there. And, you know, it, it, I felt that the defense had dropped some powerful documents uh, earlier prior to this trial. And I felt that maybe some of those, uh, claims in those documents might be addressed, and I don't feel that they were. So, what were your thoughts on on the trial as a whole? <clears throat> well, first off, I agree. I, I feel like the trial was or the hearing was very short. Okay, which surprised me. Um, I was waiting for. I'll be honest with you guys. I even I, I said this to my community in a couple of my streams. I, I was waiting for some bombs to be dropped from prosecution after what defense put out. Um, and nothing happened. Um, I, I just, I expected a lot more coming from prosecution. I expected the tra uh, the hearing to be a lot longer than it was. Um, I was really surprised and I was really, I think it, it, I think it was informative in some ways with what defense had to say. Um, but yeah, on those points that you, you talked about there, I was definitely shocked. Um, it's not what I expected at all when I finally found it. That was the other issue was impossible to find. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's my thought on it. <clears throat> yeah, one hundred percent. I'm sorry, I apologize. I call it trial just because that's what I just call it. Oh, it's okay. No, it was a hearing. Now I saw some folks in the uh, live chat say it's not a trial. I said, yeah, well, that's what I call it. You know, it's a word. I, also, I also call this Seven Up Coke. So it is what it is. <laughs> uh, you know what? That happens. That does happen. So. <clears throat> When you go up north, go ahead. I think when you go up north and you ask for a coke, and they 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 bring it, or what kind of cokes they have, and they bring you a coke, and it's like uh, we say pop when you want to know what flavors we have. I found that out the hard way going to Alabama. <laughs> I asked for a coke, and they asked what flavor. I said <laughs> coke. What do you mean what flavor? <laughs> coke, the brown, you know, Coca Cola. <laughs> we got orange, and we got this. I'm like, no, that's not coke. Coke is coke. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they say pop or what else do they say? We call know. it pop up here too, or pop. sometimes soda. Soda, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my grandparents are from the uh, Minnesota area and up north they say they say pop. All right, so <clears throat> a couple of things about this um, hearing, so to speak, is first and foremost, Ann Taylor wanted the uh, training records for three specific officers. Um, she stated something to the effect that these officers attended autopsies and, you know, did some of the interviews and things of that nature. 
why do you, do you think first and foremost that the defense should get that information there, Diego? Um, should they be privileged to it? And why do you think uh, that they're not getting it? I I definitely feel they should have that information. I definitely feel that they should have anything that they need um, to give him the trial that he deserves, in my opinion, to help defend himself. Um, and, you know, I, I think most of us thought that prosecution was sitting on what they had. They weren't giving it to him. But as we heard yesterday, it, that's not the case. Their prosecution is the state's not even getting the information to pass on to them. So. I, I mean, it's it's hard to call. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It it, it to me it, it's obvious that it's not coming from Le. They're not giving the state what they're supposed to be giving them. Why? I, I'd like to know that myself. Um, because he deserves every bit of what she's asking for, in my opinion. Uh, again, to give him the best possible chance to defend himself that he has. You know what I mean? <clears throat> right. I agree with you. I think that this information should be passed on. I think the state's response to it was because they didn't give a legitimate reason as to why they need it. Right. Meaning uh, what was done wrong in their investigation questions or whatever that you want to question their training. I think that's um, kind of what yeah. they're asking. It, obviously, you know, it's something's not right. I mean, how can I what? I was going to say something. I just lost my train of thought. Um, the fact, it, it kind of bothers me. The fact that Ellie doesn't want to, well, she's, I, I don't know, I can't remember her name for this. the prosecution, is stating that whatever they have, defense has. Okay. If that's the case, then that, like I said, that means Ellie's not giving them, why aren't they doing that? Why are they not turning that over to the state? What are they sitting on it for? What are they holding on to? You know what I mean? And that's, right. that's a little suspicious in my opinion. I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to go conspiracy here, but what's the deal? You know, it, there's, I can't think of any good reason why, you know, law enforcement, FBI, whoever it is, is not turning that stuff over. It just doesn't make sense to me. My question is, like, <clears throat> why do they need that, the training? They're training. There's going to be errors, you know, that's part of training. That's after the training is what they should get. The records. But, yeah. I mean, that's a good point, Blue. Everybody works it is a good point. I agree. I can agree with that. You um, know, I think that does that aspect also, I mean, yeah, it is just the training records. I guess, I guess maybe if they're questioning perhaps if any of these individuals handled anything, if they weren't properly trained, maybe they did something wrong that we're not yeah. aware of yet. Right. Right. And uh, maybe perhaps their training or lack thereof training will indicate a clue as to where to look. Like, for instance, if you have somebody that, um, you know, wasn't very well, you know, trained in, um, you know, taking fingerprints, and then you would go and look at all the fingerprints that he took to determine or he or she took to determine if any of those were in you know, done improperly or, or whatever to get all those things taken out. Uh, I mean, I, that, that's one of the reasons why I can think of an excuse for that. I mean, the other thing is with any job, the training never ends. And after you're done training, you still learn throughout your career. So they couldn't go to refreshing courses. 
and uh, they can retrain. So right. uh, I don't know. And I was gonna say, <clears throat> uh, I took it off for Cody. Uh, if you go four wheeling with me, you're gonna definitely need a three point harness. <laughs> definitely, I mean, I, I, I put my S10 on two wheels one time doing donuts, or a few times, but. And, I've uh, seen it. <laughs> my little red S10 man, we used to drive the crap out of that one. One hundred percent. My dad's like, "How'd the flywheel break?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some so, rough stuff there. Let's see. Um, we we learned that two of the officers that she's requesting information from are ISP officers. Yeah. So the other thing that they were questioning was the investigation reports conclusions from all cell phone analysis, including but not limited to any analysis conducted by police agencies, FBI cast team and other Idaho authorities. So they want the conclusions of their. So what I'm assuming is they were given the data, right? Yeah. Like, uh, as far as the warrant goes for Koberger's, um um cell phone pings what i'm assuming what this means is that they want to know how they figured out uh where coburger was and they want all the answers to the question so to speak uh you know they want the reports and the conclusions from the cell phone analysis is that is that how you're right, seeing right. that that blue yeah and i think as part of the case there they should hand that part of East over how they got that. I mean, but I'm not sure if that's something that they would have to only give certain information and then get their own specialist to run the, the, the information. I don't know. But do they have to? I mean, like, for instance, let's just take this situation out of the scenario. Let's just say that there was a, uh, a robbery at a convenience store. Right. <clears throat> and um, hold on. I think I already forgot where I was going with that. Blue, remind me. <laughs> you love when that happens. Yeah, you were asking if. Um, dang, you, I got lost to happens at a convenience store. Yeah, no, no, I know what I was saying. I just don't remember why I was saying it. <laughs> I do that all the time, bro. I do it all the time. Uh, you get a thought. You know, in your oh, head, okay, all right. I, I figured it out. I remember. I remember now. So. Um, Let's just say there was a robbery at a convenience store and you have certain sort of surveillance, right? And the prosecution has that surveillance. And in that surveillance in the top left corner, uh, they see something that identifies the um, the defendant, right? Now, does the uh, prosecution have to go in there and show them? Do they just have to give them the tape? Or do they have to give them the tape and then also circle what they see? Is it up to them to find out or... All they have to do is merely hand over the evidence and let them, you know, work it out as well. Yeah, I'm, not, think, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. You know I what I mean? They just have to hand over the tape, and then when they present it to the judge, is where they have to have, like, judge, this is where we saw the evidence that we're holding against the, the client. Yeah, I don't think that's the, uh, I don't think that's the gas station attendant's job to do that. Um, no, no, not, no. But like if the, the prosecution's job, like if, if the prosecution has this, you know, video surveillance and in the corner, in the far corner, there's a uh, I don't know, there's a, uh, a a reflection 
of a glass that shows the license plate of the vehicle, right? And you you got to be looking for it, right? Yeah. Now, when they hand it over to the defense, do they have to just merely hand over the tape and let them do their analysis to find out what it is Um, the prosecution is going to be using, or do this is is the prosecution forced to show, you know, go into depth about the evidence that they have against the person? I'm not sure about that. I'd like to know that myself. Actually, that's a good point, Daniel. Seriously, Um, no, I've never thought of it like that. Because Um, I I think what they're asking for here is the is the answer to the to to the evidence. You know, the the state continue to say we gave them everything that we have, mm -hmm. and the defense continues to ask for like conclusions. they're asking for okay. explanations in certain instances, uh, things of that nature. I, I wonder if that's what's going on here. Kim comes in with a four ninety nine super chat. Well, DTS is my favorite. I do enjoy Dago. He's very welcoming, caring, and truth seeking as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kim. I'm glad that that's how you say that name because I was struggling with with her name in chat the other day. I'm sitting here. Kimba we we Kimba, so I'm sorry. That, uh, it, 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 I'm pretty sure it's Kim, like, and then Wisconsin. I so. I'm glad. Glad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Kim, and then the uh, Wisconsin is the uh, right the initial there. Let's see. Um, so they want all the footage provided to forensic examiners of the FBI used to identify, make, model of the vehicle, and all reports generated related to the identification of the white Elantra. All reports, communications, documents related to change year uh, of the White Elantra sought and CV or credentials of forensics examiners. Now, I had said this was going to be a huge hurdle for the prosecution. That oh, yeah. when it when it came to when did they change the year of the Elantra, and we have we have speculated fairly fairly hardly that it was, um, or, you know, guessed very hardly that. Yeah, it was after they had Coburger's name. Right. Uh, but again, this is kind of indicating that they want the reports generated related to the identification. They want to know what, how they identified this vehicle. Um, they don't want just the videotapes themselves that they have. Does mm-hmm. that make sense to you, Diego? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I guess so. You know, I thought about that a little bit too. Uh, I mean, I it, uh, I guess it makes sense. Um, what do you what I mean? What do you think on that? Yeah, I just think, like I said, a lot of the stuff that they're asking for is they want they got a lot of they got a lot of evidence. Yeah, and I think that because so I think it is the in the, in the, in the it is one of the tactics of the prosecution in this case that they're going to give them all the evidence and have them sort out through everything. Yeah and force them to uh, ask for a continuance. Of course. Yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. force them to go through all of that evidence. That allows <clears throat> that allows prosecution and law enforcement to continue to investigate this case and the aspect of looking for possible dump sites or, mm-hmm. or burial sites of where the weapon or other evidence could be at. And so yeah. uh, I think that's what's going on here in my opinion. Uh, And they're going to force the defense to pull their emotions and do all those other things. Uh, What are your thoughts real quick before we move forward? And I'll ask you to blue again, 
But what are your thoughts on the fact that they're uh, moving for, moving to use the DP in this case if he's found guilty? Hmm. Go ahead, Blue. I'm still thinking on. I think uh, I think it's something that that the families want. That there is uh, one of the families that didn't really want it, but there is two of the families for sure yeah. and do want it. So I mean, he took. I, I believe an eye for an eye. So I believe it's you know <coughs> worth. Um, he took four lives, and the state takes one. So what you want to know is how I feel about the death penalty or how do no, I no, 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 no. What is it? The fact that they're seeking the death penalty in this case, what does that tell you about this case? As far as does that give you, do you think that the prosecution is by seeking this? Uh, does that tell you that they're confident? Yeah. That tell- yeah I was going to say, I, I think that for, to them in their mind, I feel like they think they have a slam dunk on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see it yet. Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I don't see that yet. Um, we've talked about this before I still have not seen that concrete evidence that tells me that he was there so you know at that point I just it seems kind of overconfident if if I can put it that way so so um, right now the prosecution states that to this date the state has discovered approximately 13,000 pages of reports 13,000 photographs, over 10,000 tips, and over 51 terabytes of audio video information. So, like I said, I think this is this is kind of where they're going with this. In my yeah. opinion, is they're they're giving them all the information. And I mean, it's a tactic that uh oh yeah. It's not the both sides are going to do it. Thank you Linda Jones for your 999 super sticker. We appreciate that. Uh um, I agree. Now now you say so are you do you think that Koberger putting guilt aside, you know, because guilt has there's a lot of questions there. We don't have all the information right to to say that somebody's guilty or not. I think that right. would be unfair to to say that about anybody at this process. Even a guy like, for instance, Richard Allen, who today, uh, yes. you know, 100 page document dropped and he's confessed, you know, and eating papers and a bunch of other weird stuff. Yeah. And. You know, even him, you know, he's not been found guilty. He's not, you know, pled guilty yet. Right. And so it's not fair to call somebody or say somebody's guilty until that happens. Right. But do you think that Koberger didn't do this or did, do you think that he did do this? <clears throat> it, okay. At this point, I've, I've, I've said for a long time now that I was on the fence. Okay. Now, after seeing what defenses dropped, so on and so forth, and, and I've had it in the back of my mind, the 51 terabytes of uh, information that way. And, 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 you know, to me that the sheath is garbage. I've never said, I've never taken that as a serious thing. So, you know, that doesn't count anyway, but I felt as if, with the, as I said, with the, the last question, that the, the confidence level that prosecution seems to have, I, I had even said to my community, I said, you know, they get that. I, I felt like yesterday they were going to drop something big. You know what I mean? I really thought that we were going to get like 
not to be ridiculous, folks, but like the murder weapon or something. You know what I mean? Uh, based on what defense had done, I was expecting something like that. They did nothing. So at this point, seeing what we've seen from defense, I'm really struggling. And I mean struggling to think that he was there, that he did this, guys. I, I just, that's how I feel about it. Now, I do feel that somehow or another, there was somewhere down the line, somewhere, somehow, somebody knows this kid. Otherwise, we wouldn't know him, okay? Somewhere, somehow. He's got to be connected to it somehow. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, we would not know who he is. Now, a lot of people disagree with me with that because in the defense, the defense's uh, paperwork, it says that there's no connection whatsoever. Right. So... Well, that's from the uh, perspective and vantage point of the of the, of the defense. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 also a uh, certain interpretation. So, connection for what you and I believe a connection could be, and what they're stating as a connection yeah. could be two very big yes. and, and two di different things. We have a four ninety nine super chat. I'm curious from you guys if any firm piece of evidence you see that is solid, a strong proof he was at the house committing uh, this incident. Thank you so much. Let's talk about it. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not an investigator. I'm not a detective. I never was. Right. But I've, I've talked to a lot and I've watched and followed a lot of guys that were who um, come out on, you know, YouTube, TV, you know, whole nine yards. And one of the common things that I've always heard over the years was, you know, it's better to, 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 to work a case backwards. Right. And so let's start off backwards. Uh, you have, and we'll start off with that night. You have four people that have passed away by what appears to be a knife, right? Mm. Um, and we know that based on witness statement and phone downloads and videos, uh, surveillance video from the area uh, that included some audio that this incident probably occurred between 4 and 4.20 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yep. So if we <clears throat> have Brian Koberger as the guy, right? And this is just all speculation. Let's just try to work it backwards. Um, first and foremost, what's the first thing that we would you know, want to look at to identify if it's possibly him to exclude him or not? There's a couple of other DNA profiles there, right? Yeah. Those three that were found. So how would they exclude uh, yeah. those other ones, right? First, they're going to say, all right, do those other guys and does Brian Koberger drive a white Elantra that scene? All right, that's a check mark. Now, the person that would have committed this crime more than likely would either connect to the cell phone tower that's nearest by. And if not, this if the person turn their phone off or put it on airplane mode, then that would mean that during the commission of this crime, that person would be occupied or not have their phone on. Cover checks that check marks that box as well. Now, the reason why all these other DNA profiles may not match is because maybe perhaps one or both don't drive a white Elantra right. or a white Ford or sedan or one or both. I uh, have a solid alibi, too. That's the other indication, too. We don't know what Koberger's alibi is. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. would you agree that those things would have to check mark in order to determine if this person did it or not? Uh, Yeah, 
I would think. I would think. Definitely. Right. So, like, for instance, if somebody, if you check their phone and their phone was on and they were using it and they were in Pullman, that would exclude them, right? Um, yeah. Well, if they have their phone, correct. Yeah. 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 If, that, yeah. if he would have left it on and just left it at home, <clears throat> he would have had a more better case of saying, I was at home the whole night, check my phone. Right. But he took it with him and he turned it off. So that to me makes him more guilty. I mean, did he turn it off though? I mean, that's another way to look at it too, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, he turned his phone off. That that automatically says he's guilty. What if his phone died? You know, I don't. I don't think that automatically means he's guilty. I think that when you look at the phone being turned off during that time, mm-hmm. and then you accompany it by his DNA underneath the sheath, and then you accompany it by um, you know, him driving a vehicle that matches somewhat. You yeah. know, I know there's a bit of a question mark there about, you know, how, how, how close of that connection, but we, we can at least probably assume that they have a white sedan on camera. Right. And so, you know, Cobra drives a white sedan. There's 22,000 of them. So that could be, that could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they got a couple of views of it driving around. I just yeah. wanted to say something real quick before I forget, because somebody. That's not new. I know they said they said they wanted to send me something for whiskey. I got whiskey stuff, guys. I mean, I just <clears> it out today because I'm work I'm working tonight after this, but I got a brand new set of glasses for, for these bad boys. You see, nice the you bullets. Freeze, you freeze these bullets in the freezer and you throw them in there. There's no watering down your whiskey. <laughs> They're all metal. <laughs> and we got a five dollar super chat from Nicole. Uh, Singleton, she goes, do you know if the hearing regarding the grand jury indictment is still on the table? I, have, I didn't hear about that. I thought that was going to come out in this, and yeah, it didn't. So did I. So did I. And then we have a $7.99 from uh, Sky. Corey, what's up? What's everybody drinking tonight? I'll just have a light. I live vicariously through you guys. It's 11 in the morning here in Australia <laughs> and school holidays. I'm just drinking a 7-Up tonight. I, I have to work, man. If not, I would definitely be hitting... Woodford or Hennessy or vodka. I mean, I, I have a liquor cabinet, three tier glass liquor cabinet, and it's halfway full right now. So, whatever I, I kind of feel like drinking, I can just go get. I got gin, I got a couple of different vodkas, rums. One thing I don't have right now is tequila. I need to get a good tequila. The tequila is good, man. I haven't had one in a while, but I had some in a while. Moto was man, my- MX yeah. comes in with a 10. 10- $10 super chat says, how can you exclude DNA that can't be matched to anyone? If you don't know the DNA donor, then you don't know if they do have a white car or not finding the owners of that or uh, other unknown sample. So let's talk about that because, you know, that's one of the biggest things that has come out is, you know, the biggest question of debate is what about the genealogical DNA, right? Like they don't want to hand over their work. What are your thoughts on that, first and foremost, they go on the genealogical DNA? Um, I don't think it was done right, um, if that's how I can explain this. Uh, I had a video that I showed today. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Um, there's a, a four-person panel talking about it. There's a woman on there by the name of Cece. Yeah. 
she ex- did, uh, I, I'm trying to think of it. it starts with a P, the name of the the podcast, but it really explains the way that the transfer DNA works and so on and so forth. So it, it just, it's kind of, it's hard to explain right here and now without having you guys watch this video, but I, I feel like the, something's wrong with it. Okay. To put it the way I'm trying to explain it, that they didn't do something right with the whole DNA scenario, which is why I think, think that's why I think we're, where we're at with it right now. And that's, you know, that's my opinion. It doesn't mean, you know, Right, right. I don't. I, I, I'm not sure if that's. You know, I think I know what you're saying. I, I think that if there was a question on the validity of the DNA sample or the DNA match, mm-hmm. uh, there would be a question about that from the, uh, the the defense. And the defense doesn't seem to question the accuracy of the DNA. It seems like they're content with stating that it is Koberger's DNA. I think the question is more or less where they get, how it got there. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, right. How'd they get his name? Where, now, when he, that's the question of the hour. That's, I think everybody wants to know how the hell they got. How did we get Brian Koberger? Where did it come from? How did we get to that? You know what I mean? Right. Now, when it comes to, and this is just my speculation as well, y'all. When it comes to why they, um, you know, the only reason I can think of as far as, or not the only reason, but. Um, I think that an avenue to get that information would be um, for the defense would be to say that they want to make sure that that DNA did connect to Coburg because let's just say they had access to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's just say they did end up having access to it. They tendered over and you find out that only half of the work came through and they never actually pointed to Brian Coburg well, then that would indicate, and I think that they've kind of alluded to this in their documents, uh, that they feel that um, that it was planted. Right. Right. Now, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a stretch for me, to be honest with you, in today's society. And, and I don't understand why they would want to frame Brian Koberger in that manner. I don't know who Brian Koberger is to be framed in that manner. But um, that's what to me the way i read and understood this court was that they wanted to see if they uh actually did connect the dots to cobra because if they didn't right let's just say they only went like halfway down this tree and they go oh, no, i know what it's cobra then they would have known why would they have known because they would have planted it now i strongly don't believe that's the case but that's what i think is what the defense is trying to elude. You're, you're muted, buddy. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's definitely what I think she's alluding to. But I don't really... It, okay, let's let's do a, a what-if situation, okay, with that. Yeah, let's, let's talk it. about that for a second, okay? <clears throat> I think a lot of people think that the whole quote unquote framing referral reference, I'm sorry, is that they're they're basically just stating that multiple law enforcement agencies are framing this one kid. Okay. And everybody's in on it. That's not how I'm looking at this. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's there's there that of course that's a possibility in people's minds, my mind, anybody's mind it could be. It's anything's possible. Okay. What I think may have happened, and I've been looking at it like this for a little while is that there were mistakes made, which we, we know there were mistakes made. 
in some senses, okay? And again, like I said, there was a, a lot of pressure put on law enforcement to have a suspect in custody by a certain date, I feel, because, you know, kids were coming back to school at a certain time, or they were supposed to. The, the college, I believe, is the heart of the town, financially, and that college is, is what keeps that town running. And I do believe that they needed to have a suspect in custody to let everybody breathe and relax so people would send their kids back to school or kids would want to come back to school, okay? So I think they rushed into something trying to get this handled and did some things. Uh, how, do you, how do you put that? They put the, the cart before the horse thinking that mm -hmm. that was going to work out. And in a sense, it didn't the way it should have. And now I think they're trying to put things into place the way they should be. And it, or, I mean, at that point, I think they were trying to put things into place the way they should be. And, and they couldn't because it, it wasn't done right. That's what I'm trying to say with what I was saying. I know I'm talking in a circle some ways. It's hard to explain it the way that I'm thinking about it. Okay? Where, where do you think they may have made the mistake? At what I think, point? I think that the they collection? may have. I'm sorry. At what point do you think that that mistake was made? Um, I think that they had him guilty before they had him as a, as a suspect per se. And now I'm not saying it right. I'm trying to get it out the way I'm, I'm thinking. Well, do you it. think they, they, do you think the mistake happened during the creation of the family tree? Do you think the mistake happened at the collection of the evidence? I think the collection of the evidence was where the mistake was. In my opinion, I think, I think they didn't have that yet. Okay, and they already had had things in motion. Okay, and they, you know, they're not going to tell you if they make a mistake. They're not going to put themselves out there. They're just going to try to fix it before anybody realizes it. Is is the way I think it's going to happen, and I think that's mm -hmm. what happened. You know what I'm saying? As far as the collection goes, um, <clears throat> I think they may have anticipated something that they didn't have. Did the mm -hmm. DNA scenario? said they had something that they didn't have in turn it didn't work out and now they have to to you know clean up their mess in a sense if that makes any sense mm -hmm. hmm. so how does how does the where, where does the mistake made that where collecting of the sheath results in brian Koberger's dna being on it um See, I don't think I'm explaining this the right way, the way I'm actually thinking of it. And I apologize right. for that. Because think, for me, the way I see it, because I know they, a lot I, of people, go ahead. a lot of folks were, were were saying that, you know, they need to show their work as far as how how they got to Coburger, right? Right. You know, right. They, they built the genealogical tree and did all this. And they're using the FBI as a tip, right? Now, my, my thing is, no matter what, um, all right, so if it's the genealogical, you know, how they, you know, they want them to show their work, which I understand. I, I get, I get you want to see that, right? Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm here to tell you, I know one of the officers whose training records she's going after because I came across something. I think she's going to set stuff on fire. Wow. You know, and. and yes, ma'am. <clears throat> that is a possibility. That's a possibility. 
thank you for coming on. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. But um, when it comes to the genealogical aspect of it, right? Um, if there was a mistake made, or if there was a mishandling, or whatever the case, after they created that initial profile, I don't think it matters, right? Because let's just say um, let's just say something was wrong, or did something they did something wrong. Uh, in Quantico, right? To get Brian Koberger's name when building the tree. Yes, yes. Then throw it out. It doesn't change the fact that the Idaho State Police created a profile and matched that to the sheath, the the, prof, the, the DNA on the sheath. And I think that's what's the argument of the states. Like, <coughs> like even, even if you had it and your optimum goal, because that's the optimum goal, right? Is for it to not be used against Koberger. Yeah, right. Right. So if if they're not using it against him and the optimum goal is that they don't use it against them, I, I understand the want for it. And I agree that to a certain extent they should get it. I, I honestly think they should. I just feel that we're still at square one. If 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 the judge were to say, all right, you know what, guys, turn it over, turn it over, um, turn over the genealogical stuff. I, I want the defense to go through it. And the defense goes through it and they find out that, you know, something was up with um, the handling of, of, of the DNA or, you know, uh, they don't like the way it was tested. It's not proven. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the defense is going to come and say, Hey, they tested this by a means that wasn't proven. And then the judge is going to say, all right, throw it out. It doesn't change the fact that the Idaho state lab created a profile they were able to match that profile to the DNA on the sheath, you know, or match Koberger to that profile. I'm sorry. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I, 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 yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. Absolutely. Um, first off, that I think the tree scenario, I, I think they, they did that all wrong. You know, I heard a different version of it today, and somebody that does this for a living um mm-hmm. stated that she has some completely different when we first heard about who who he was okay that, that this whole family tree thing was built up that he's german he's this blah 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 right well then we have somebody else that's stating today as i was listening to it or yesterday actually when i first heard it that, that he's more italian than anything so that's what i'm saying is i said you know if you don't have the right uh how can i say this the the right pieces of info to do this to begin with, as you're trying to build the scenario, you're going to make a mistake with it. Okay. And I, I just, I don't think you guys really got to see this video, man. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, it's really going to open your eyes a little bit on this DNA thing. Um, it, it's, it's just, it, it makes it make sense in a sense like that. Okay. And, and, and again, something that was said in that, that as well as that, this is not recommended to use in a case like this as what the touch DNA or the, the, yeah, it's not recommended to use because it's not, um, a solid piece of evidence. It's not something that you can rely on, um, in that sense. But but the defense isn't, I mean, the prosecution isn't using it. No, but that's, that's what, that's how they arrested him though, bro. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. They arrested him because they arrested him because his DNA matched the, the DNA on the sheath. They got his name. Like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. How, how can I explain this? Like, like so. I can go to Blue, right? 
Like I can be a uh, uh, blue can be a police officer, right? We'll call him Detective Blue, and I could be a um, I think well, at least team, I right? At least right. I let's just say let's just say I'm some sort of uh, pissed off person, right? That is some sort of fiend, and I go up to Blue and I tell Blue, "Hey, you know, I'm buying stuff from Dago, and Dago is is being a real douche lately, and." You know, I want to report. I want to report him to you, but I'm not going to testify, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to court. And I'm not gonna. I'm not a snitch. I'm just telling you off the books, off the record. That's it. You, you know, and I disappear. Does right. that mean? Does that mean that that officer shouldn't investigate? Investigate you, and that whatever he finds off of that investigation of you is not valid because I initially pointed him in your direction? No. You know, he's going to go out there. He's going to have to, if he's going to build a case, he's going to have to build it correctly. He's going to have to watch you. He's going to have to do a stakeout, make sure that, you know, you're doing things. And then he's going to see some suspicious things like vehicles pulling up late all hours of the night, uh, not staying for very long. And then, and then he may end up knocking a few of those, right? Pulling them over for running a red light, right? Not 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 pulling them over for suspicion of being involved in narcotics because you can't point those ties yet. You know that's what's going on. Yeah, but you can't point those ties yet. Right. So you have to pull that person over for running a stoplight, running a red light. You got to get probable cause, and then you know you notice they're nervous, they're this because they got something in the vehicle. You pull them out. You ask them if they can do a search, and most of the time they say yes because. You know, most people will. They're scared, especially in that moment. You find something, you pressure them, say, hey, we're going to we're going to put you away for a couple of years or you tell us where you got this. Oh, Dago gave me that. Now you have your evidence, you have your proof and you have your warrant without ever having to go back to the fiend who ended up pointing you in the direct the, the officer in the direction of that person. Does that all make sense? Because, I mean, that's kind of what they're saying in this in this moment is that the FBI was that pissed off fiend saying, hey, go look at this guy. The police department still had to do their due diligence and create their case against him and do it right. Why didn't they save any of that, though? Why didn't they save it? I have no idea. They probably it's the FBI, bro. They probably don't want that that way of how they got somebody's name out there like that. Like. Like, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's probably it's probably some sort of violation of civil rights that they don't want people to know about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, it doesn't change the fact that, that his DNA is his DNA. There, it's not a violation. It's something that that uh, like something that we all get recorded on. They just don't want to tell us that they have access to that either. Yeah, and just because they're doing something in you know probably unconstitutional doesn't change the fact that uh, you know Coburg's DNA ended up being there, and they just got his name and they were using utilizing as a tip, and I think that they purposefully destroyed it so that they can claim that that's all they were, so they don't have to produce that type of work. That way, you know, the people us, you know, everybody doesn't get information like that. We yeah, don't you know. Somebody, you got you get this kid's on his life is on the line. This is a death penalty. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have something like that, and I think they, they would have had to have known that this was going to be on the table at this point for this type of a case. Um, you know, like what, when you have that out there like that, you should think that that kind of stuff would need to be accessible. You know what I mean? 
it should be. I, I don't I don't disagree with the fact that it, it, whether should he get it? Should you be given the information to defend yourself? Yeah, I agree. I just don't think it makes a difference. I don't I, mean, I don't in, in this case, I don't think it makes a difference because it doesn't change the fact that the Idaho State Police found DNA on a sheath, created a profile and Koberger matched that profile. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand it goes back to our scenario that I just spoke to spoke about. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fairly positive, you know, you, not you, but in you in that scenario would be pretty pissed off and want to know which one of these mother truckers knocked me out. Right. But does that change the fact that the police did their job the correct way, even though the information initially maybe didn't come in in a, in a, in a manner that they can use against you? You know, somebody snitched that's not willing to cooperate it happens all the time, all the time. A lot of people do that. It, it's, it's extremely common. People will snitch, but not willing to cooperate and in going into like court or trial and law enforcement have to figure out a way to make a case against somebody based off of that, regardless. Right. So. And I'm pretty sure that there is something they saved because I'm not sure they destroyed it all. Yeah. I said, go ahead and read that one. There's another one that I'm going back up to click on. Uh, if you hit stare, is uh, stared or starred, I'm sorry. Uh, it has all the uh, super chats there, Big Blue. Oh, so, okay. yeah, Art yeah. Reese comes in with a 499 says, I agree, Daniel, the IGG doesn't matter. It didn't, that's the other thing, too. It didn't identify uh, Brian Koberger. And I think that's the other thing uh, that the FBI it is saying. A male, right. Right. It, the FBI is saying is, if we then in turn got Brian Koberger's DNA and then matched it to, you know, the sheath profile, they themselves, then I think they would have felt more compelled to come forward with that information. But because that wasn't the case, that's that's not where it's at. Uh, Moto Man MX, how is there no DNA from the victims on the sheath if Maddie was on top of it? It would have been soaked in blood if the blood bath they were. Uh, it. it I don't think they ever say that there wasn't any other DNA on that sheath. I think they only state that there was his DNA. Like, Maddie isn't on trial, so they're not going to say that her DNA, you know, her blood was also on the sheath. It probably was. They're just not yeah. going to come forward and say that. Just kind of like, for instance, um, the yeah, door dasher. Yeah. Right. Like the door dasher. Like a lot of people are like, hey, you know what? There's this video of this white car going back and forth. I think that's the DoorDasher. And I'm like, no, that, that's not because the DoorDasher identified who they were. And law enforcement, if they would have, if that person would have came forward and that person would have had a white sedan as well, um, and there was the possibility that that white sedan was the DoorDasher, um, they would have had to have put that out there or it would have been a form of Brady. Uh, the fact that, you know, they have that the DoorDasher reported and identified himself. Um, leads me to believe that that white sedan has nothing to do with him. And the reason why they don't bring him up in the PCA as far as, oh, when does the, you know, he can come in is because he's not on trial. He's not under investigation. Is this an open panel with a phone? Uh, you know what? Sleuthy, we can. Um, I think she wants to come up and say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, let her can, do it, bro. I always yeah, love I'm to hear what she has to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll put um, the stream yard out there or the. The, the yeah, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put the stream yard in, in the comment section. 
So come on in. But so I just put that in there. Uh, let me know when you come on up here. <laughs> no, nah, we don't bring on anybody that uh, is disrespectful to us. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I you can do that, but I can't promise that I'll be as respectable as I need to be. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't want to disrespect you guys, so yeah, one hundred percent. We try not to go down the rabbit holes. Right, one hundred percent. And so, <clears throat> well, anyways, back to what I was saying, which I think I've already forgot where I was at. <laughs> uh, Blue, what do you think? Where where are you at on all this? You know, I think some of the information that she wants makes sense, but some of it doesn't, like the training. Like, okay, are you looking for if they collected the evidence they were trained? I think every officer's trained to collect evidence. Um, the depends on who she wants. If she wants the detectives training or the people who sent them the, the samples to the lab. I don't know uh, what she's looking for, but here, let me bring Sluffy up. She's in there. There she is. How's it going, Sluffy? How are you doing? Welcome to the oh, show. Oh, wait. Let me, let me put my headphones in. <laughs> I thought I was connected, so I didn't hear you very loud. Hold on. Oh, okay. Oh, well, she'll be on here in a second. Give me, give me one second, folks. I'll be right back. I just got to refill my cup. No problem. No problemo. So, interesting topic of discussion for today. Like I said, I'm not saying that Brian Koberger is innocent or guilty. I don't know. You know, the fact that they didn't find any blood in that or DNA in that car—that's that's a huge hurdle. But to me, that's he it. he cleaned it, man. He cleaned it. I agree. So, so he had time to get rid of the evidence, especially to me. He has access to all the suits and everything to clean. What if he cleaned it the day after the incident? Right? Nobody was tracking him. Right, right, right. Somebody said they saw him at a car wash, right? Or by the car wash. So. Can you all hear me now? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. We can hear you. How's it going? Good. I. You all said so many, so many things that I kept. I was like, I have to get up there like real quick so that I don't. By the time you all keep talking, I'm just gonna. There's so much I have to say, but. Um, I forget exactly what you were asking. Uh, before when you were saying about like where it would have like switched to Brian Cooper, something like that. And you said, I think evidence collection. Right. Um, so uh, I, I think that that is a part of it, but I've always had this like nagging until, until this new filings, these new filings came out. I was like, this is just not making any sense. I don't know why they would have, you know, saw his car and then, but it was the wrong year and uh, it was just like a whole series of things that made no sense but now it does and i i truly if you're looking at the timeline of everything um i i believe that they and it makes sense that they just because in the pca it says that those two officers in washington saw his car doesn't mean that they sent the tip immediately and it also doesn't mean that when they sent it in that it was reviewed immediately and it also doesn't mean that it was taken seriously in that moment if they truly believed that they were looking for a 2011 to 2013, right? Yeah. And we don't know we don't know when the expert changed yet. So 
when they got his name on the 19th of December, after the tree was finished and it was put together and they called and said this was, you know, the DNA that was on the sheet. Um, I think that the next like two days was to look and see what kind of car he drives, see if he's gotten any tickets, uh, look up his driver's license to see if he matches the description. Uh, because then on the 23rd is when they pulled that very first warrant for him and they pull up the phones. And I always wondered, like, if you're just reading the PCA, you think, okay, well, how did they get the probable cause? If they got a warrant or if they checked their tower dumps from that night and they didn't, he wasn't there between three and 5 a.m. Um, how did they get the probable cause then to get another more expanded warrant when they didn't have anything come back on the first one? And I, I right. think that the, the way that they were able to do so was because they then had a name come the 19th. Uh, and I think it all kind of fell into place after that because then they had to send people to Pennsylvania because they, they, they now had the phone warrant, so they knew where he was. Um, I just, so that's what I think about that. And then, and then I wanted to mention the, the IGG stuff. So the, the DOJ policy is what they're going off of because there's really no kind of set like rules for this mm-hmm. uh, at, at this time. And I get, I get the whole idea and premise that it's going to be a tip. That's fine. Um, but my thing is, is this is not a tip from a civilian. This is a tip that's coming from officers that they, you can say that any of anyone in the public would have access to that, but they don't because they don't have access to that, that SNP profile that came from the knife sheet. So we can make Brian Koberger's family tree, but only as far as we can track it. We, we don't have a, a sample of DNA that we are able to upload because that's illegal and right. have it pull up all of his relatives. You know what I mean? And that DOJ policy says that <clears throat> they are, that a suspect is not to be arrested. You may not arrest a suspect until you have that one-to-one match. And CC Moore actually confirm this like a day or two ago she was on something else you have to have the one-to-one match so they did try to get that one-to-one match when they stole the trash in pennsylvania the problem is is they didn't have his dna until after they arrested him right Right. that's what i was saying earlier right And, and and i agree the the issue with that though is like um they didn't utilize and i think that's what was said in the probable cause affidavit is that they didn't utilize his uh, the DNA to arrest him and that if the DNA gets thrown out, uh, they want to be able to have probable cause for his arrest without it. Uh, that way, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily reflect if you don't use that for his arrest or if it comes to find out you can't, doesn't change the fact that you can use it later in that aspect. Uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm not, I'm not an attorney again. So <laughs> no, yeah, uh, like when that came out, that made perfect sense. Kind of like if you're if you're relying solely on it. So my thing is, is they did say that for the search warrants, right? Right. Uh, in right. Washington, but they did not do that for the arrest warrant. I mean, it was the very last thing that was stated in that affidavit that we heard. But um, I just and see, I have this like extra piece of 
what I've been reading today and kind of everything, everything fit together. It's so funny. Like I had reached hmm. out to the coroner months ago and I was given these names of the people that were at the autopsy. Well, it didn't really mean very much to me. They weren't like the major people that we knew were around. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like, Oh, that's like, whatever. So, but I've been keeping it. And, um, and then they put out their, like the defense put out their, I think it was the second or the third, I think it was the second motion to compel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in it, they were requesting three officers, personnel records. And right. I was like, that's odd because Gunnarsson is not one of the people that the coroner told me was there. And I asked her, I asked her repeatedly, are these the only four people that were there? And two of those people were her and the doctor. So <laughs> I found that I'm like, why did she specifically leave him out? But then in hearing Anne talk at, at the hearing yesterday, and she did not say the officers' names, but she did say that two were from ISP. And right. as she was going down the list, she said that the one, like the very last one she mentioned, was present during the autopsy. Yeah. Well, there, there, there were a very limited number of people that were at the autopsy. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So let me look up this person. And I did. And boy, I felt like I was reading something from, like, a psychic two years prior to this ever even happening. I, hmm. the similarities and the fact that that person is involved, I think that it's, everybody's been looking really hard at Moscow. And I think that they were inexperienced. It's not yeah. a bad thing to not have murders. Like, I mean, no. it's not bad to not really know what you're doing or be able to handle something like that. Right. I hope for none of those things. But, ISPs who didn't help, that's standard for these small towns in Idaho and everywhere else. And I don't know if I can cuss here, but like the shit storm that, that rained upon that small town <clears throat> police department when, when this particular person got involved. And it's, it's really not good. It's really not good. I think it's going to, now I know why she's pushing for it as hard as she is. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and when it comes to, so I want to backtrack a little bit as far as when they came to find out about Koberger and, um, you know, when did they change the car? Now, you know, a lot of people were indicating, or, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, shortly after Koberger's arrest that, you know, they didn't change the, the year because they didn't want to tip him off or this, that, and the third. And I, I always thought that was complete BS. And the reason being is because we're going to be in a situation that we are now where everybody's questioning. Well, when did you get that it was something different? Was it before? Was it after? There's going to be all these conspiracies. Plus, it would flood the the tip line in with bad tips, and it could drown out, um, you know, any possibly good tips. I mean, let's look at the Richard Allen case. There was a, tough, a lot of stuff that went in there, and it flooded, you know, his statement right. that he was out there. And so, you know, same kind of situation here. You don't want to do that. And so... You know, there was a couple of articles that I read and I went back and we we did a video on this. We talked about how on the Howard Bloom article on December 19th, Howard Bloom indicates that uh, Chief Fry was excited. They were excited about the white Elantra in Eugene, Oregon. Now, you know, initially when I heard that, I was like, you know, why would they be you know excited about that? They must have meant 
that they thought um, they had a different suspect because December 19th, Koberger was already in the Poconos. You know, at that time, it was reported that FBI had pulled him over. And so I was like, well, they already knew where he was at. But then the FBI comes out saying, no, you know, it wasn't us. It wasn't Mm -hmm. us. Now, the New York Times article indicates that the um, vehicle, um, or I'm sorry, they indicate that on December 19th is when they got Koberger's name from the uh, genealogical tree thing. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what that tells me is that they thought that that vehicle in Eugene, Oregon, was Brian Koberger, which if he was in, in the Poconos, and they thought that he was in Eugene, Oregon. That means they weren't watching him. That means they had no clue who. I mean, they probably knew who he was. They checked his his phone, um, you know, and they probably saw that he wasn't, you know, in that half a mile radius between three and five a.m. the night of the incident. Mm-hmm. You know, his car didn't match the twenty eleven to thirteen Hyundai Elantra, and so they probably put him on the back burner, if not at all, but dismissed him as a as a suspect until until his name came in and i found a video from the city of moscow police department on december 19th was when it says it was released i believe it was recorded the 18th and they talk about you know still looking for tips and still gathering tips about the white elantra 2011 to 13. and at that point had they known like i said i think i think you want to make it known that it it might be different you're not going to put out continually to look for the wrong vehicle because you end up in this situation but all those things kind of lead me to believe that they didn't change the year that the vehicle was until after they had brian Koberger's name i absolutely agree i could not agree more and i feel like people get all bent out of shape when you say that because for whatever reason they like have in their mind that they they had to have been tracking him this whole you know the whole like two weeks like uh they were on to him they and i'm like listen it's okay like they they got his name i mean this is literally what happened they got his name and they had seven days or wait what is it 19 11 days so they had 11 days to to build the case against him right so we're talking gathering dna to try to make it like to try to get a match between the sample that you already have looking into seeing like where he lives, what he drives, what he, where he goes, who he talks to, um, where he's at right now, because we don't know. Uh, and I think that what's interesting is if you really think about what all was in the probable cause affidavit, it wasn't anything about Brian Koberger that couldn't be quickly found out. Um, like that he worked at WSU and that he was on a Reddit, like everybody knew that. Uh, and what I found interesting was the day that they, it was kind of telling to me, but what do I know is that the day they went to serve the warrant on his apartment, they didn't even know he had a storage locker until they walked in and saw the key. Yeah, that's weird, especially the fact that, you know, I think it was WSU police. That was a uh, wasn't yeah. there like an apartment complex for students. I yeah, found that like hard to believe. Yeah, they should have known that because they're always going to that apartment for complex for different reasons. You know what I mean? Put right. it this way, as soon as she saw that key, she was like, I immediately yeah. recognized it as something that's like on a lock for a locker that we have here in the storage units. Like, yeah. right. what if the key wasn't there? I mean, I'm sure they would have yeah. figured it out, but, you know, but still yet. Right. They weren't watching yeah. him or they would have gotten they would have gotten his DNA surreptitiously at some point way before uh, trash day at mom and dad's in Pennsylvania. If they had been watching him and aware of him. 
100%. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that aspect of it. I think that this is not the the strongest case, per se. There's there's some pretty, in my opinion, you know, some pretty strong circumstantial evidence. And and like I was kind of explaining it with Diego, I was like, you know, if this person, you know, whoever committed this crime, you would have believed that either one of three things with their phone, either they left it behind at their house, they turned it off during the commission of the crime, where they had it on, and you're going to find a digital, digital footprint of, of them around there. Do y'all hear Nico? Yeah, I did for a second. Um, if I can, I'd like to ask, like, when do you think they picked up on them, Sleuthy? You're muted, Sleuthy, if you're talking. I'm not sure. I was going to say, I hope no one's talking to me, because for some reason my headphones turned off. Oh. I just <laughs> talked to me. I just asked if you like. When do you think they may have picked up on him? Like as a suspect, like as yeah. a legit, like, like yeah, as I, a suspect. I think when they got the DNA back, I think when they got the tree name back from the from the FBI. Yep, and I, I agree I, with that one hundred percent. Yeah, and and I think that, and and also, so if I'm gonna think about where it may have. <clears throat> gone a little bit sideways at some point and I've not been like super quiet about it is that I could see that all happening in an 11 day period you're being told that Brian Koberger matches this you know DNA that you have on this sheath it, it's not unreasonable for them to have thought once we arrest him and we have better access to all of his devices and his computer right. and his, then we're going to learn more and more and more. There's got to be a ton of evidence. You see what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I think that it's possible that as that started progressing, they weren't necessarily seeing things that, that they expected to see this entire time. Right. Um, and with the touch DNA, uh, and also with the like family tree building, more or less, more or less like family tree building with touch DNA. That's even like, that's even what, what, are, what are the words that I want to look for? Like not the best of circumstances if, if, for what you want to do. Mm. Right. Yeah. Touch DNA is not the uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to DNA evidence. You, you, you probably want something else that's going to be a little bit, you know, less. Have a have a lot less explainable reasons as to why it's there, and, yeah. and I understand that aspect. I just, for me, when it comes to whether or not, like, whether or not he's guilty or not, like, if I had to go based on the information today, and if I was one of those twelve jurors, Brian Koberger would probably be a free man. I don't think I could put him, you know, to the firing squad based on the evidence that's out there. It's it's not the case. The way it sits isn't strong enough. But obviously, we don't know everything. And, and the information that we got out here recently it was could possibly be a little bit one-sided, you know, given the fact that it was from the defense. So, um, you know, who knows what, you know, the, the prosecution hasn't responded yet. So we don't have all their information. Now, for me, when it comes to who did it or not, I, I struggle with the fact that his phone was off just conveniently, you know, while the, while the crime was happening. And, and he conveniently drives a vehicle that is similar and he conveniently has his DNA on the sheath. Those three things to me are kind of, kind of strong. They, they really are, you know, they, 
they they equal up. Like, you know, a lot of people, like I mentioned before, will talk about the DNA of the other three people. Well, you know, who's to say that they weren't investigated? And one of them had an alibi or one of them, you know, and, uh, or both of them had alibis or whatever the case may be. Or they don't drive a white sedan or, um, you know, their phone puts them somewhere else during the time of the crime. Um, you know, it could be a situation where Koberger, you know, just kind of checkmarked all those boxes. And, you know, to me, I think based off of those things, he more than likely did it. But, you know, I, I, could there could he just be the most unluckiest guy in the world? Yeah, that's possible. Well, what do you let me ask you this then? What do you think about the other three DNA profiles that were found now? Well, we know that the girls were out at the corner club and we've seen them at the grub truck and they were kind of, you know, hugging other people. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, in close contact with other people. Uh, like I said, you, you kind of have to. Uh, you have these boxes that they have to check mark. Right. You have the white car that's seen out there around the time of the crime. All right. Do these other, you know, two two other DNA profiles, do they have access to a white car? And then you also have the phone activity. You know, do these other two profiles or um, are these other two individuals or three individuals? Are, are there is there suspicious activity on their cell data as well? You know, th there's more than just the fact that his DNA is there. I think that if, for instance, if Kohlberger, um, you know, if his phone wasn't off and he, let's just say, was going for a drive and there was data to prove that, that that's what he was doing, then he wouldn't be a suspect. He wouldn't be arrested. I think so it's that might be the situation with the other guys. Thank you. I think it's important to be realistic, too. I, I was just talking about this the other day is I think when things get when little bits of evidence that we get gets made into things that are bigger than what they are, oh, then yeah. I think when something happens like this uh, objection comes out and everybody's like, oh, no connection. Like I've been sitting yeah. here being like, please show me just one place where there's a connection. There is no Facebook uh but like there's been people that are walking around thinking there's like Instagram uh, search warrants and they've, you know, connected that way. And so I think then it's more startling when you realize that the quote evidence that you thought was there is not there. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's important. So when we're talking about the phone pings, I have somebody that gets on me every time I say it. They say that his phone was off out of service or on airplane mode. So it might not make any difference in the grand scheme of things, but keeping it in mind. So for instance, I go to bed and I somehow had 10 chargers. Now I only have one charger and one iPhone and two iPads. And so mm -hmm. I, have to, I didn't have enough liquid. Yeah, it sounds like she got a little bit distracted there. I'm sure she'll come back. But Diego, can you give me an example of what would have to happen Given the information that we know where Koberger was that night, you know, we know that at 2.56 he was in Pullman. We know that at 4.48 he was south of Moscow mm -hmm. and traveling around, and then he made his way into Pullman. Uh, and we know his DNA got on a sheath. What would have had to have happened for all of those things to have lined up? The, the DNA on the sheath scenario is a mystery to me. Uh -huh. I mean, him being where he was when he was, he, he could have just been out for a drive. His phone could have went dead. 
he plugged it in it turned it back on when it was charged some people like to go driving at night uh i mean i'm not saying that this is fact folks i'm just giving you examples as right, to right, right, right. But explain these things okay um it, it, it could be anything you know he he could just be one of those people that likes to go drive in the middle of the night. i used to do that you know um mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that's what it is um but again the phone could have died he plugged it back in then it comes back on yeah i know it lines up in in the time scale but i've always had problems with that whole timeline to begin with um <clears throat> so you know I, was there something else that was in that that you would ask or did I hit everything? I mean, I'm just uh, like, for me, like for me to paint this picture of Koberger being innocent, it would have to mean that he went out for a drive, just so happened to be at that same time. And, yeah, I did. Uh, and his phone turned off and and the real person used a sheath that Koberger just so happened to come in contact in the last six weeks. Like, I, I know. Those, it, does, it doesn't make sense. I get it, dude. I those do. things I, add up. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I want to apologize. That was so rude. I'm so sorry. That was so rude. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I like like muster face like at my window. Like I'm like, do you not hear them talking? Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I haven't. I'm not trying to. I don't want to be like reamed because I'm sitting up here trying to make excuses for why he's innocent because that's not what at all what I'm doing. Right. Um, right, right. But I can come up. With, I mean, I can I can give you like a example of how these things are not things that would have to like perfectly line up right so for instance the phone is pretty much garbage to me in a sense that i would have been really grateful to have a ping or two en route from pullman to moscow like like after he's seen on camera, like after the car scene on camera, after the phone pings in Pullman, I would have liked to have seen a ping like halfway between the two towns that would have made me feel good. So the fact that it was like shut off and also the same time that the girls were making their rapid fire calls to Jack, I just don't, that's weird to me. And so you talk about coincidences, like, the dude's phone shut off as they're calling him over and over, calling Jack over and over again. So, right. No, but, I, don't, I don't disagree with you there either. But one thing is that like, we've never seen the car and nope. I'm going to give you, let me make sure once I get out of here, you can still hear me. Uh, she went quiet. If you can hear us, you want to quiet. Oh, I do lose you when I leave. Oh, wait, there I have my iPad. Um, I can, I can give you an example. So we don't know, we've never seen an actual photo of suspect vehicle one, right? Right. And so there's no listed license plate. Correct. So, and that even the defense doesn't know like what that whole thing was about where, you know, what vehicle are we looking for? Now, okay, now we're looking for an Elantra. What years are we looking for? Oh, okay, so we've narrowed it down to that. So now we're expanding it again, you know. So it's just very, it, it, it sounds very like it's dependent upon which footage you're watching. Right, right. And so, and then I, and I don't want to get like all into it because I, I want to be able to explain the stuff from earlier accurately so that it's not like, I want to be very clear about what it says. But for instance, 
having to know, it would be important to me as let's say a juror to know whose involvement there was in figuring out what this car was because yeah. one of yeah. these people involved and it's like not the FBI agent um, and it's not anybody with Moscow, but one of these people involved in this case that I was looking at today that was <clears throat> from a couple of years ago, um, he was given a witness's account of what a vehicle looked like after a similar crime had happened. Uh -huh. And instead of relaying that exact information that it was a um, two-toned four-door Ford truck, he put in this affidavit going off of the man who was accused's wife. Um, wow. So he was, he was going off of these, this officer, this detective was going off of uh, the man who died's wife. I'm sorry. I know I mixed it up. So the man who died's wife. And right. so they started investigating this, other man who the wife directed them to and instead of writing down exactly what the witnesses had said an affidavit was filled out of probable cause that was used for arrest and various search warrants that listed the vehicle as a white truck like a white big yeah. truck a large yeah. white truck something like that and that's not what it said and and then in fact when they went to uh, do discovery. This man got, I mean, he got released from, from prison and he's not been fully exonerated. And they talk about in this, in this court filing, they discuss like how that's unacceptable that he wow. has not been fully exonerated because this officer and others, um, in like his team won't investigate anyone else. So he's been released oh. from prison. He's been like the charges were dropped. It's been over a year and he's not been arrested, but they think that it's him and they've not investigated anyone else. And so the whole argument is, well, we did discovery and in this probable cause affidavit, it, it listed like a plethora of camera footage of this, of a white truck that was similar to man A's who was accused white 2019 Toyota Tundra, which uh -huh. is, which is way different than a than a two-toned Ford truck. Yeah, and so right. uh, basically what they say is, is like, you know, the wife who is actually, who should have been investigated and has not been investigated to this day, uh, gave them this, this name. And this officer started building this case around the tip she gave of, you know, it's, it's very, very interesting because it was so bizarre uh, but my, I guess what I'm getting at is, is we haven't seen a photo of the actual car. So uh -huh. while you're like, okay, well, you know, the pings are, you know, it's a little weird, but, but what about the, what about the car? Like his car was seen. And, and in my head, I guess I can't make that. I can't make that yet because not only have I not seen it, but even the police didn't have a driver's, they didn't have a license plate. Right. So, well, what we do know based off of the document that was dropped if if everything is accurate from the process from the defense 
is that the um, prosecution was heavily relying on a video off of Ridge Road. Now, one thing that makes me super um, suspicious, or not suspicious, but uh, makes me you know, kind of cautious about the fact that this document could be heavily one-sided and biased is the fact that they say that, that this vehicle was going in the wrong direction at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what makes them, you know... Oh, that was the other part of the case. I, I don't mean to keep dropping it on you, but I'm just saying that it's really confused me today. But right, the other but, thing was what they provided all that footage and all the timestamps were wrong. They weren't they weren't the same timestamps as what was written down. Well, I mean, that could be for various reasons. I mean, the timestamps on the on the cameras could be wrong. And so they 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 probably have to go back and try to um piece it together, even though that there's some timestamps on there uh, to to make sure that it's accurate and, and put things in line. But right, what made guys. me cautious, oh, see you later, Blue. I know you got to go to work, my man. I got to go to work. I'll take care. Take Thank care, you, buddy. Sylvie. Thank you, Doggo. Have a good night. Have a great take night, care. buddy. Yes, sir. Is, is the fact that, that that camera on Ridge Road, Ridge Road isn't a very long road, and it's very close to the suspect uh, or to the victim's residence. And so, you know, Seeing you know what they said, wrong direction, wrong way. I mean, it just kind of came to that made me believe that this is very you know one sided. Very, the perspective from their perspective, it's the wrong direction and the wrong time. The prosecution might look at it and say, you know, it was in the area during the time of when he was circling that area. So uh, there's you know there's that issue. Now when we went onto Ridge Road on Google Earth and we try to locate a um, you know a camera or anything. Um, we had found, I don't know if it's a camera or not. Um, you, yeah, you know, Diego, you know, um, uh, somebody that's in that area, Rory, right? Yeah. He, he can, he can go out there and confirm if this is a camera or not right here. On this I think, pillar. I think he's, he's planning. A, is that the, what's the address again? Uh, that one's five, it says five twenty something, five twenty five. I know it says five thirty six up here at the top corner, but it's not, I can see it too. There looks like there's a camera. It could be a flagpole. I doubt it. How close it is right, to that, right? You know, to the um, the roof here. I don't think a flagpole would fit, but it no. does look like a like a camera. And the angle also, we've been getting. There's also a six twenty ridge too, and yeah, we've been talking about that about going and looking. So, right, and the angle that that camera is facing. If that vehicle was coming towards this house, you would have a pretty good shot of the front end of that vehicle. Right. And you would probably be able to tell whether or not that vehicle had a front license plate or not. Yeah, I agree. You know, I have another problem with that, though. Okay, let's say that that this was part of the plan. Let's pull the license plate off the car, do this and do that. Why would you not pull both plates off the car? What's the point in taking one plate off? Well, Brian Kohlberger didn't take one plate off. He had Pennsylvania plates, which don't require both plates. But what bothers me about that is that all of these cameras he was caught on, and especially the one that's supposed to have been on the way, like, to 95. Yeah. Yeah. They all have cameras in all directions. They're on every single light in all four directions. You have to remember that both of these towns are college towns with out-of-state people. Like, Dana had been there for years and still had Arizona plates, which are only in the back. And none of them recorded. What's that about? Right. So, I mean, either it didn't have a license plate at all. Yeah. Which is incredibly suspicious, obviously. 
Yes. Or I don't know, but I'm just saying is that I, I can't imagine. I mean, it, it, you could say that it would be blurry, but you can go look at those uh, cameras right now. They're excellent cameras. It's literally their purpose is to take pictures as you run through a red light. Even if it is yeah. blurry, like the FBI has software that they can clean anything up. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a little. <laughs> Like the only cameras that would have gotten a front or back view would have been the cameras that are at the intersections. The cameras that are inside the neighborhood would have—they're not—they run parallel with the street, or the houses run parallel with the street. So you're going to get a side shot of every vehicle, and well, so um, you know, as a car passes in front of it, unless you're in a situation like you know, in this scenario here on Ridge Road where you're on a curve and you can see a car coming towards you. We went now, to that intersection and checked it. Sorry, Daniel, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but with you saying that though, we went, me, uh, um, CJ, we did it one night together. We went to that intersection and checked it. You'd see it any different, any which way he would go, you would see that car front or back. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what I'm having trouble with, with that. No, I agree. I mean, I, I don't understand why they didn't put out the picture either of the vehicle that they were looking for. I know a lot of people have asked that. I 100%, 100% believe that um, they should have put that out there. And so that way, you know, people know what they're looking for. Looking for a stock photo of a 2013 Elantra. Not only is that going to be, um, you know, not only is was it wrong to begin with, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But two, that's also going to um, possibly create, you know, false suspects. People saying, oh, you know, that guy has an Elantra. It was him. Yeah, let's get that like up, guys. Get it up. We're almost at a thousand subscribers. We're almost at a thousand viewers. <laughs> uh, let's get that up too. Let's hit that like button. I'd appreciate it. And so, uh, like I said, to me, I, I think, you know, if I had to put my money on it one way or another, I'd say he did it. Um, if if I was a juror and his life was in my hands based on this information, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable enough to say that he's guilty. Right. You get what I'm saying? I got to see more. I got to see more. And I also need an explanation. Like I can say that these pings are like super accurate and, um, but I don't have like the coordinates, number one. And number two, I don't know how accurate they are, how they were triangulated, if they were triangulated, what the radius is. Like if I'm just looking at my own research and what a, that article, that one article, I forget, uh, who wrote it, but I just shared it like again the other day because it was from back in like February. Mm-hmm. And he's a expert that like has provided expert testimony in these things. And he has gathered a list of cell phone towers in the area, the radius of each, yada, yada. Yeah. And he's like, you could be literally anywhere within this 27 miles. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not as accurate as if you're, if you're saying, okay, well, he's got to be within like six feet. I mean, that's a right. total talking totally different data. Right, but that's 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 if you're using triangulation in that old school E91 aspect of it. Things have kind of changed, and um, I got this um, website thing. Actually, Christy Gonzalez sent me this. Um, she stated that her husband, who's an IT guy, and um, her daughter Olivia, basically said that this was um, the ping stuff that they were talking about and how it was more precise. And basically, what it states is that. You know, um, you have your old school triangulation where, you know, depending on the strength of your signal, 
uh, to what tower would position you. What this thing says is that, you know, one, the FBI cast enhanced cell site analysis is not the E91 or E911 location information that is calculated in real time bursts of GPS data uh, by the cell phone or hybrid available GPS data and network collected. CAST relies on historical signal data and the network measures and calculates for purposes other than providing customers with precise location information. And it goes on to say that basically what it does is there's a timing band and it's able to um, it's able to time the, 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 the length of time that it takes for the signal to get from the uh, tower to the cell phone and back, which will determine um, a much more precise location. And so when they talk about Koberger connecting to a tower in Moscow on the 14th, but not being there, you know, I often ask myself, why is he, or why did, how do they know he wasn't there? Were they watching him already? And I think that brought up a lot of speculation early on that they had his name really early. And, and I don't think that was the case. I think that they were able to determine utilizing this cast thing um, even though he was connected to a Moscow tower that it, you know, the time that it took for that, you know, um, signal or whatever to go from that tower to Koberger's phone and back uh, gave them the information that let them determine that he wasn't in Moscow, even though he was connected to a tower. And so this, according to all this information here, is extremely accurate and way more precise compared to old school triangulation. And apparently this is another way like um, maybe Murdoch got caught too. I'm not sure. I mean, that's what they kind of, she kind of mentioned to me, but. but uh, I, I think that, I think that that works in places where tower, where there's many towers. Like, so for instance, I live on top of a mountain and there's uh -huh. a huge, uh, I think it's, it's AT&T or something. They, they did like work on them. So all the providers have changed, but I can literally walk to it. Like it's, I can walk to it in less than 10 minutes. It's right there, but mm. I have zero service on Verizon. Mm. So like proximity is not really what it is. Cause your, your phone is going to, whatever service you're on, it's going to, it's going to connect to whatever tower is, has the strongest signal as opposed to whatever's closest to you. Right. And like I was thinking about that in terms of like, yeah, that could be super accurate, but doesn't it really depend on the person that's analyzing the data? Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell me that the FBI cast team that you consulted with them, which is really all that was said was that he consulted with the FBI cast team. Uh, but then he said, that he was able to determine approximate locations. And I was like, um, that's a little bit weird. Like, why didn't you let them do it? Why didn't you name the FBI experts that helped you? Like why? Yeah, right. Cause surely you would expect them to, um, testify. And, and the more I got to thinking about this and like Anne's in there and her motions to compel and them saying, well, we don't want to turn over the, uh, cast stuff. Um, I'm thinking, or even the cars, she's like the, the report for the car identification and stuff is not ready yet. That's what she said in the hearing yesterday, the assistant DA, the, the car report's not ready yet. As soon as FBI is done creating that final report, uh, then we will 
we will send it to you. And I'm thinking, but didn't you all go to a grand jury? Like, like yes. who presented yeah. this, who presented this information if these reports exactly. aren't done? Exactly. That's what, that's so, bothers me too, right? That way, that alone, what you just said is driving me nuts. That doesn't make sense. It, well, they don't, they don't need to, they don't need to display everything in grand jury. They just need to display that. Uh, or, what they or use produce. for probable cause. Right. Which is, the car well, and the things. That's, that's yeah, what I, I mean, it's, yes and no. Uh, I've been to a couple of grand juries panels where uh, an officer goes in there to, you know, just basically reads um, a question to the grand. I mean, they read the probable cause, and there's really not a lot of evidence that's displayed there. Like, there's not diagrams. They don't bring out. Oh, this is what we have. This is what we have. They kind of take everything for your word. For the most part, uh, mm. it's very informal. It's 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 like, all right, this is what we have. And then you might get questions from the jurors like, hey, when you arrested this person, you know, did you notice this? Did you notice that? It is very much not like a trial or a hearing at all. Right. So right. do you think that the do you think that the grand jury? So two questions, two part question. Are you allowed to use hearsay? in a grand jury. So for instance, could Payne, who didn't really do any, like wasn't the actual person that figured out all of these locations, could he have testified on behalf of the FBI examiner? And two, which I, I feel like if you're going grand jury, if I was at a grand jury, I would want to see it from the person that actually did it and can explain it to me. Because if he doesn't know uh, he's not been part of this cast team. He doesn't know. No, he can give you like basic answers like this. Is, well, this is what they said, but he can't right. really tell you the accuracy of each thing. You know what I mean? So I would want to hear from the FBI. I, like I would want to hear from whoever put those pings and stuff together to be able to better right. uh, gauge how credible I think that information is. And I think a, a good example of that is that for instance, that I, I keep using this is that you have you have probable cause affidavits. You have one in two different states, and you have and they basically say the same thing. But one of them goes to one judge, and it says that he's pinging at you know specific time uh, in Johnson, Idaho, and then another judge has a PCA in front of them that says that that exact same time he was pinging in Johnson, Washington, and like both of them signed off on it. So it's not like they're sitting there with like tax and they're marking off the maps like we did whenever we got it. Um, right. they're reading it and they're like, okay, I mean, like there's a, there's an understanding that you're, this is, that this is all in good faith and you're not lying to us. Right. Um, exactly. And, that and that's the that's the biggest part. So, like, you know, I also want to clarify, I never went to a grand jury where, you know, it was a high profile case or, or somebody's life was taken. But, you know, if it were like, for instance, a DWI arrest and I were to have gone in there and present, you know, and been questioned about my participation in that arrest, uh, I, I wouldn't bring in video of the suspect or any of those things. Everything would be verbal they would have some sort of like results uh, that they would show the grand jury. For instance, they would show them like the alcohol level, uh, things of that nature. But or right, you would get that, but it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be the entire case. It would not be video surveillance of 
uh, of the standardized field sobriety test. It wouldn't have been any of those things. It would not have been as detailed as that. Sure. You don't you don't need that much. And for what I understand or from what my understanding or what I would have assumed, and this is just a huge assumption, is they probably only required or needed the fact that they found his DNA uh, under on a sheath under the body and the fact that um, you know, his phone pinged, he was in the area, you know, they, they use those things. They don't go into details like, all right, you know, what's the opposition? Because the defense isn't even there. The defense doesn't have a lawyer there present or anything. Uh, usually, uh, to my knowledge, now, again, last time I was in one of these was over well over a decade ago. So things have, may have changed quite a bit since the last time I was in, in those situations. And so, um, yeah, the, so it's not saying, like a trial. Like your, impre- your impression of the whole grand jury is, is that it's possible that they didn't require a report of the pings or the identification from the FBI agent, nor did they need them physically present for um, testimony. That basically Payne could have went in there and for lack of a better way to explain it, like read the PCA to them and they would have been like, yep, sounds like probable cause. Um, and did that. Now, I don't know. I am going to look into it just simply because I have a grand jury report, which is not like you don't often get that. But um, where I used to live in Pennsylvania, this woman um, disappeared and her, her husband end up, ended up uh, harming her. And it got to the point where so when they found out they had the DA that's up there. He's a badass. And he was like, uh, just letting everybody know that in order for him to tell us where she was, we had to offer him a plea deal um, of 20 to 40 years, which is repulsive. Um, but what we're going to go ahead and do is, is we're going to release the entire investigative grand jury report. And so like, I haven't looked at it in a while just because it's, it's awful. Um, but I can go and look and see because what it was, was she was still missing and it was, they hadn't like pressed charges on him, but they were basically there to determine if a crime had occurred and if it did, what appropriate charges would be. And they required quite a lot, uh, like cell phone analysis of his, his Google searches and so, you know, things like that. Um, car tracking, but Pennsylvania might be different than, than Idaho. Um, right. But I guess I just can't understand. If you were to tell me, okay, Payne could could speak for the examiners, like I can yeah. I can totally see that as long as he has a report. If he doesn't have a report, it's like yeah, because there's been there's been situations where um, officers have uh, read reports or testify for grand jury on behalf of other officers that couldn't make it. They just read that other officer's testimony or statement and grand jury was either, you know, no bill, true bill or whatever, you know, move forward or not with that, you know, without actually talking to the investigating officer. Now, again, those cases were like DWIs, burglaries, you know, very small, you know, in a situation like this where high profile case, I would assume that they probably would have had multiple people go in there and testify and it'd be a lot more buttoned up just because of that aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? But um, no, they don't necessarily have to. And, and, and a lot of times, like, you know, and again, these are also cases that were a lot, you know, not as significant as this one where multiple officers were involved in an arrest and only one officer had to go out there and, uh, 
um, basically just present to the grand jury. So this, and again, this was several, several years ago too. So, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm seeing, and I, I know that I have a tendency to kind of over I don't really get to talk to people that are willing to talk, talk instead of just it's one way and that's it. And we're not discussing this at all. So I don't, I didn't mean to take everything over, but I am going to jump down because oh, I know no. that some people are wanting to hear you all and that's totally fine. Uh, but I hope I talk to you guys soon. And Dago, you know that I'm always, you know, I pop in whenever I can, but I yeah, really and you're, you're always welcome to get on that panel when you're in there. I was hoping that you heard me say that today. I really wanted you to jump up there because um, I love listening to your, your input and the way that you look at things too. So please know you're, it's an open invitation anytime you're in there, hon. I appreciate that. You guys have a good night. I'm going to watch from, from the chat. Sounds good. Thank you for coming on. And uh, again, like, you know, just because somebody doesn't agree with a, or with me, like for instance, me and Dago probably don't, you know, uh, see eye to eye on everything, but yet we're able to have a grown up adult conversation right. without having to get into everybody's exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause at the end of the day, like nobody's trying to do anything purposefully to mislead or misinform or anybody. Reasons, right. Right. They exactly. want to take things out of this guys. And it's not that, I hate that they make sides. I don't like that. There are no sides yeah. as far as I Yeah, 100%. 100%. And so, like, you know, I appreciate Sleuthy coming on. And, you know, um, we, use, we use a lot of her great work on Twitter and things of that nature. If you're not following yeah. her, you need to. Uh, in fact, earlier today, we were talking about the hearing She's trial. She's great. She is. And, She's great. And using, utilizing her stuff. So thank you so much. I'm going to catch up real quick on a couple of super chats real fast. And then we'll, we'll get back into our discussion for a brief minute. Before we call it a show, uh, let's see. Uh, pro prosecution jumped, and uh, depending on getting more DNA connection, can't go backwards now. Just think their case isn't as strong as expected. Love you guys from Southwest Louisiana, transplant from Texas. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. And I 100% I, I agree with you. I feel that the prosecution thought that they were going to find a tremendous amount of evidence after his arrest. I agree. And, and kind of sitting on their hands right now when it comes to that. Uh, thank you, Randy Fur, for your uh, your comment here. Um, yeah. uh, Bam asking twenty five says if it's planted, it's by a single law enforcement individual. I agree. So if, if something if somebody does do something bad, typically because there yeah. are bad, there are, are there bad cops? Yeah, just like there's bad dentists, bad, bad doctors, fighters, bad medics. Yeah, there's bad everybody. Right. And just like there's also probably bad departments and things of that nature. But when you have a situation where you have a multi-agency um, correspondence, it, those checks and balances are there and it makes something like that uh, less likely without it having, you know, coming to light. And that's and so, what I said. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I'm glad you said that because earlier or, or last week, I think it was, I said that there's no way that the FBI, that Moscow PD, that, that Idaho State Police, all of those organizations together are involved in a frame job. It's just not, it's not, it, no. You know what I mean? It, you can't get it in your head like that. If, and like you said, if it's something like that, if it was planted, it is one person, in my opinion, one person, period. If you're going to go with that theory, you know? Right. Um, 
So anybody that thinks that all of these law enforcement agencies are involved in some crazy conspiracy, it, it, it just doesn't make sense, folks. I just want to put that out there myself. So 100%. And, you know, and I'm going to bring this up now. I believe it is July 10th. We're going to have on Stephanie. She uh, does death investigations. Uh, I believe she was a medical examiner and she has a master's in forensics. And so she works out in the Seattle, Washington area, I believe. We're going to have her on the show and she's going to be able to answer a lot of these questions about DNA and all those other things. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell because I think that's coming down on July 10th. But under review comes in with a great question. 499 says, why did the PCA not address surveillance footage to line up Brian's cell phone pings when they said he went back and forth between Washington and Idaho 9 a.m. on the 13th? That's an excellent question. Great question. Like, you know, they 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 say that he's out there, but yet they don't have any footage of him out there. Or at least they don't claim to have any in this information here. But I mean. I think, and this is my personal opinion, and I don't understand why, but I think that if Koberger went back out there, um, he's not going to go in front of that house. That's a dead end right there. He's probably going to be somewhere where he can be, where he can see the house, and it not be obvious that he's out there. You know, you know what I mean. And so, You're talking about like the next morning. Yeah, the next morning. If he were to go back out there, I don't think he's going to drive in front of the house. Right? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you can take that. I have another theory, but go ahead and finish that. <laughs> so my thought is he would probably be parked somewhere where that banfield is, where people go walking, where you have a visual of the house. And it's not, if you're not from the area, it's not uncommon for you to be in that area. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. there's multiple ways of going and coming from there. Mm-hmm. Going out there where Queen Queen Road is, if you go in back there, you mm-hmm. you got to come out back there. You know what I mean? Yeah. From the same spot that you came in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what what are your thoughts on it? <clears throat> about about him going back, period? Or yeah. just, yeah. Well, you think he was back there? I don't think so. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think he was. I, I, I don't think, I think... He could have been in that area, but I don't think he was back in there. Um, mm-hmm. For two, here's two ways to look at it. Let, mm-hmm. Let's just say that Brian is guilty. Brian did this with his educational background. I do not see him going right there to the scene of the crime. Okay, if he did this, that's one side of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if Sleuthy had a thing in the chat there. I don't know if it goes with this or not. But on top of that. Let's just say that he's not involved at all, okay? Okay. Um, let's say he's not at all, at all involved, as, as you know, okay? And, you know, there was, well, I guess it's it's who you believe and what you think, okay? There were supposedly messages that were sent out around a certain time that day. And a lot of people have come to me and said, do you think that maybe he got, he knew somebody that sent him a message that this happened and that could be why he was out in that area at that time? That That's a very slim, in my opinion, possibility too. I just, I don't think that he would take himself and put him in that situation if he did this with his educational background. 
that's just my 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 opinion, guys. Yeah, um, and, and the one thing about that though is is with his background in law enforcement, him wanting to be in law enforcement. Yeah, if he would have gotten that text message and then gone out there and not seen police out there, don't you think he would have contacted law enforcement if he was not involved? If if there was no police and he mm -hmm. didn't go in, like if he didn't stop and go in the house, he doesn't really know. No, no, I know, but if you if you got a lot of people talking about a, a specific crime happening, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, it. Oh, we'll put if you yourself, you you have. I mean, I know you're you're more experienced than Brian Koberger, more experienced of a man, and you know, first responder experience. But you know, he has criminologist, you know, degree, a master's degree in criminology, yeah. Yeah. studying to be a PhD. You know, if if he's if you're getting messages that a horrific crime had occurred and you go and drive by and don't see anything about it and people are talking about it um, or you see people there but don't see police and knowing your background don't you think he would contact law enforcement if he wasn't involved well, and he saw it that? depends it, and i've said this though um even to you there he's somehow involved in this otherwise we wouldn't know who he is so you have to take that into account too with that situation. Like, it, I I feel like he may have had an inkling that people were watching him, maybe mm -hmm. onto him in some sense. Hence the reason why he was. It, that's why I think personally he was putting his garbage in the neighbor's garbage can. So you know what I mean, um, yeah. stuff like that. So it, it depends on how you're looking at it. It depends, in my opinion, at least, and how you're. You're thinking about the situation it's 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 really hard to comment on something like that until we get a little bit more of something is what i'm saying so but i i don't know i don't think he would call the police until you know if he got a message from somebody stating hey dude this thing went down blah 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 you gotta you know what do you what do you know anything about it or whatever it was we'll just say that mm -hmm. um and took off out that area to see what's going on didn't see police maybe he figured that it wasn't it wasn't true it was just, mm -hmm. you know, somebody sent him a bullshit message or something. That would be a good reason not to call police. Or if, if somehow he is involved here somewhere, that's another reason to not call police. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it could be multiple things. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> right. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be a lot of reasons why he didn't. I just feel that, um, you know, if he didn't. Uh, you know, if he was in that room, he he would have. And if if unless he was somewhat involved, uh, so that's what I'm do, saying. Do you you still find you still think that this was just you know one person though, right? Or do, no. you you think this was more than one person? I think this is multiple people. I always have. Um, I I can't fathom, regardless of what anybody tells me. And like I said, I I, I talked to a friend of mine that said you know he would have to have some type of military training to go on foot by himself, handle four people that have multiple wounds as we know they do in that period of time. He just, it just doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't make sense. So I do believe uh -huh. there's multiple people. Right. right. And I'm not staying out. I did say, and I'll have, I will retract this statement now that I didn't think he was that athletic. He's definitely, you know, five, five or six foot tall, 185 pounds. He's a runner, so you know I have to retract that part of it. He's obviously athletic in some sense and could keep up in some sense. But you know, nine minutes is the basis of time that we were given that he did this to go into a house, 
to have the obstacles that he had there's multiple stab wounds on multiple victims that takes time you know you're not just going to sit there and blah, blah 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 and be done with it and then to get out of there in that period of time i can't fathom that with one person doing it i feel like there was three well, I, people I think i think the sleeping aspect makes it a little bit easier Sleuthy says, based on his training and experience, Daniel. Well, I mean, he was a security guard at a high school where, you know, he did do security work. He did have training as a criminologist. Uh, so he's worked somewhat in the realm. Uh, you know, you would, un, you know, believe that he would understand how, you know, to make that report. Yeah. And as far as what you just said, I don't think they were sleeping. Maybe one of them could have been, but I don't, I don't think the rest of them were asleep. Um, I just have a really hard time with that. And I, you know, that's just my opinion. So, right, right. No, I mean, there's nothing saying that they, I mean, we don't have anything concrete, us, the people, you know, people out here. Now, law enforcement, though, you know, would mm -hmm. probably have more of an idea based on, you know, phone data, when things went yeah. down. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, they probably have a, a much better understanding of those things than we do. True Crime Junkie comes in with a $10 super chat. I'm in Dillard's pick pick up a purse then sleuthy goes buys the bag and commits a crime my touch dna will be on that bag that's my problem with the bag being the only dna that can be explained away right but here's the thing with that aspect um you know what are you doing during the commission of the crime it, you know is your phone acting suspicious and then at the same time um you know it's not it's not just that one single aspect which is why like when you look at the other dna profiles that were found at the scene why weren't those guys arrested? It's probably because they also they didn't check all the boxes that came with the crime. You know, uh, in this scenario that true crime junkie is bringing up, if Sleuthy commits a crime at four o'clock in the morning and you also are, you know, your phone is off during that time, uh, but comes back on, you know, at a, at 448, that's... Eh, a little bit suspicious. I mean, there's more aspects to it. There's more boxes that need to be checked marked. It's not just the DNA aspect. Because if it was just the DNA aspect of it, uh, then two other people would have been arrested, in my opinion. But they probably looked at those other two people and said, all right, hey, you know what? This guy's phone was on at four o'clock in the morning and he was, you know, uh, across town. You know, well, this person over here drives a green truck. You think they bounced the... Uh well, the one, I don't really put a whole lot of, of faith into the, the glove scenario at this point, at least not right now, okay, with the extra DNA. Right. So we'll just go with the other two that were found around the the bodies. Do you think that, uh -huh. I, I would imagine that, I, you know, that they bounced that DNA off of the other people that, that they had as witnesses, that they interviewed, per se, and so on and so forth, right? So run that by me again. What, 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 okay. what so that? what I'm saying is, is I'm sorry if I'm not coming out clear. Yeah, all right, man. Um, the DNA, the two DNA profiles, male profiles right. they found on top of it. Uh, there were multiple witnesses per se that they probably interviewed that were standing there, that were here, that go in and out of the house regularly. Hunter Johnson, people like that is what I'm saying. I'm sure that they bounced that DNA off of those people that they spoke with to, to make sure it didn't belong to them, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, so what we have now is just say two, two male profiles that nobody has any idea who they are at this point. At least we don't, from what we understand. 
they're still unidentified in that sense. So, you know, at that point, why are they not looking at that? Why are they not looking for those people at that point? Because they probably got something that clears them. You know, there's more than just the DNA. You know what I'm saying? So you, yeah, you're probably looking at those people and and you you might have a situation where they have an alibi or they were with somebody else or they were further away or they, they left town that night and there's phone data that shows that they weren't there. But if there, was, so, something, if there was something to explain that, wouldn't pro, um, prosecution have to give that to the defense, right? Right. And then no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't? I don't think so. Because I mean, they, they, they can ask for it and give it to them, but, you know, I don't understand, you know, if they were to bring that up in court, like, hey, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, my aspect would probably be thinking that they would, and I'm not an attorney or anything like that, is they would give them the information, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, hey, this person's DNA was there. I would assume they would have given them that information. I'm and just saying that they I would were clear think, because yeah. of this, because one of the things that the defense, you know, one of the goals of the defense is to point in the direction of somebody else to, of say course. That, you know, there, there was possibly somebody else that could have committed this crime. And that would have been, you know, and useful for that. That's, that's kind of what my point is, is if, if the prosecution kind of, you know, they, they talk back and forth, we know this. So if she brings this up, I'm sure the prosecution would have given her something that cleared them. But she still brought it up in that doc in that documentation, which tells me that those two people haven't been found out, in my opinion, at least in my opinion. And again, I'm not an attorney, like like you said. I don't know if I'm actually right by saying that. Right. But it would make me think that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can I can think of is if it comes back that they're not related at all. Well, you know, I guess the question of relevance, but you know, the DNA is there, so. It's a question. It's a question. Sluthi says, but you got to ask why be smart enough to turn it off before leaving the center of Pullman, but be dumb enough to turn it on before getting out of Moscow. Uh, she didn't, he didn't turn it on before he got out of Moscow. He turned it on about 10 miles south of Moscow near Blaine, Idaho. And what he did with his phone apparently worked. I mean, police looked at a radius of a quarter, uh, of a half a mile away from the victim's house. And they looked at, um, you know, phones in that area that were connected to it uh, between 3 and 5 a.m. And Koberger turning off his phone and turning it back on in the manner that he did isn't what got him caught. It was the fact that he left the DNA sheath behind that got him caught. <clears throat> you know, they looked at him and they looked at his phone pings. It's evident because that's what it says in the probable cause that they had his phone number, all of his citation. And I can guarantee you yeah. that his phone didn't connect to that tower between three and five because it was off we know that now and when it turned on it was outside of that radius so i know a lot of people are saying oh he was stupid enough to do that stupid well the thing is no it worked it, it absolutely worked they they had his freaking name looked up his phone number and let him basically go so it worked it was the fact that he left his sheath behind that got him caught and they looked at you know his phone pings a little bit more in depth I think it was his knowledge of how police investigate uh, is what gave him the idea or the knowledge to do what he did with his phone. Now, I don't understand why he turned it on at any point or any of those things, but I'm also not a person that would ever commit a crime like this. And so right. I, I can't, you know, put my mind in the mind of somebody that's irrational. If yeah. he did it, 
if he did it. I don't I don't know if he did it. I think he did, but I don't know. I can't say that with 100% certainty. Could I, let me ask you something then before we, we leave for tonight. I did want yes, to sir. ask you this. So do you think that the whole sheath scenario, do you think, as we were saying earlier, that it was one person if it was, do you think that your opinion that it could have been planted? Um, I doubt it. Like, here's the thing: why would they? Why would they plant his DNA? <clears throat> right? Like, and, and I know a lot of people will bring up, like, for instance, Brent Kopaka. Brent Kopaka, I'm not he could even be an easy. That. He no, but here's the thing: he could be an easy fall guy. If the of if course. law enforcement, if the goal was to get people back in school get people back in the community and to trust things. You had an easy fall guy that can't speak up for himself. Right. So that's why I really, truly don't believe that it's, it's that direction because well, of that. When you ask me, why would they do that? Again, it takes me back to the fact that there was, there was a time constraint on this situation. There was, there was a lot of pressure on them to have a suspect in custody everybody was going insane over this and it makes me feel almost like you know here's our end let's do this let's get it done let's get him in custody everybody will calm down and, and they'll get off our asses in a sense okay Th there's that option too okay there's a couple different options but that that one makes the most sense in a logical explanation in my opinion okay wow. as far as that situation goes because if you look at everything, even the way, you know, the way the defense per presented it to us and the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And she said, it, it seems like the, the state is hiding their case. Uh -huh. And, and you know, that's that that is obviously speculation. That part of it is that common, I should say. But I mean, it does make sense to look at it that way. To me, I know the things that you've pointed out that multiple people have pointed out the phone, the pings, the, the car all that kind of stuff, the sheath. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. That, that could point to him. That could point to him, but it seems like there's so many more other things on the other side of it that points away from him is what I'm saying. Like there's what? nothing, there's nothing concrete yet to put him in that house to put a I knife mean, or a weapon in his hand. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. I mean, his defense is saying there's no connection between him and the victims. Right. His right. DNA is found on an item that is believed to have been brought in from outside that was believed to have held the weapon that committed the crime that has his DNA on it. I mean, I get it and I get how weak it is on its own, but when you tie it in with his phone pings and you, and you tie it in, not, 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 not talking, let me rephrase it. When you tie it in with his phone turning off at 258 yeah. and turning back on at 448, and the direction that he was traveling in, and the fact that he also drove a white vehicle without a front license plate, it's believed, and speculation, that the unique identifier in this whole scenario was the fact that there was not a front license plate on that vehicle, leads me to right. believe that there's that possibility. Um, now, so, this... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the one thing about that that really bothers me, it eats away at me, it really does, is... Uh -huh. is as, okay, where the where the DNA is found supposedly on this thing. This is not the same one, obviously, but it's close. Okay, right. Is inside here or here? Okay, 
Uh -huh. So let's is it or is it let, let's say that you know brian was doing some kind of drugs himself or something uh to do it to stay awake or whatever cocaine you know people do different things for different reasons whatever and you know at some point maybe traded this if he bought one or, or sold it to somebody else i know that's a very crazy uh it's definitely speculation folks and it's 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 a kind of a reach but that situation alone could definitely put that into perspective for me. Okay. Right. No, and I get that. I get that 100%. But it's not just the DNA, though. Like, if it was just the DNA alone, like they didn't have a white car, uh, Brian Koberger left his phone at home, and they don't have any evidence of him anywhere around there that night, I would, I would be in 1,000% agreement with you. But that's not the case. There's some check marks that need to be checked. And like I said, when we break this down and we go backwards and, and you look at this, so you say, all right, you have DNA here on a sheath. Um, it belongs to this person. If this person committed this crime, then there would be a uh, there would be some sort of evidence of that on his phone, whether he was in the area, his phone was off during the commission of the crime or his phone was uh, not in service or yeah, or, or his phone was left at home. His phone was off during the commission of the crime, but it was oddly turned off and turned off, turned on before and after. All right. Then you also got to realize, say, all right, we know what time this happened. We know that there was a white sedan driving around in the area. Oh, what do you know? This guy drives a white sedan, too. So you have all these boxes to check mark. Now, the one that doesn't get check marked, and it's a huge one, and I agree 100 percent, and it's a huge hurdle, is the fact that there's no DNA in the car. But we also have to remember that Brian Coburg didn't take anybody's life in that car. So it's not like blood was squirting everywhere on the roof, on the floor, or any of those things. No, this crime was committed inside of that house. And so, um, you know, I, I understand that people are like, you know, I can't believe that he didn't take out the microscopic DNA out of the crevices. There probably wasn't any in there. There wasn't any actively blood pumping, you know, onto the onto the you know the surrounding area of this car he went in there allegedly with it on his well, person i i have a slight argument with you're right you're absolutely right with that i have a, i have just a slight argument with that though because i've been on different scenes nothing ever this extreme as i've said you know um i've been on murder scenes before i've been on uh double murder scenes i've been on different scenarios okay and <clears throat> to go into that house let me just say this to go in that house and do what he did to four people. There's going to be a lot of blood. I mean, we know that. Okay. A lot of fluids, whatever it is, DNI skin, whatever you want to call it. And mm -hmm. for there not to be one speck of something in that car. Like I, I don't care how he could have sprayed, dipped that car in bleach. And you know what right. I mean by that as far as cleaning it. And there still would have been something some kind of something I, I can guarantee you that they went through that car you know with a fine tooth comb at least they should have to look for that and there's nothing there's nothing at all that's what well, that's what really bothers me well here's the thing there's the chris chris porco case the porco chris, case yeah yeah in that case he he assaulted his parents with a with, a, with an axe an he axe, hit yeah. his dad and took his life as the, the life of his father uh hit him 16 times and he hit his mother once and so hard that 
her brain was exposed mm -hmm. um, because of this and she lost her eye. It was really uh, bad, yeah. Yeah, he drove 236 miles back to his dorm and didn't, there wasn't any blood in his car. And there was no evidence of him, no blood, no none of his DNA inside of that house. I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that was his parents' house. He could have took a shower. How much time did he that. have to do that stuff? Though? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, how much time right. was there? In but there, the case says is there was no evidence of anybody in there or evidence of him there that night. Like, in that manner. There would have been evidence of him washing up. There would have been blood in the drain. There would have been those type of things had he done those things. Now, it's speculated that because he worked at a veterinarian office that he would have access to access to the cleaning stuff yeah well not so much the cleaning stuff but he had access to materials that would protect him you know uh for instance oh, like a surgeon suit. yeah surgical yeah. suit so that they don't yeah. get dna or those things brian koberger was a criminologist student you know one of the things that they taught him was not how to contaminate a scene now it's not necessarily oh, yeah. teaching you how to get away with you know a crime like this necessarily but teaching you not how to leave your DNA behind. And then you find that his DNA is almost not left behind and you don't find- Buddy, buddy, and I'm not arguing with you, buddy, because I, I know what you're saying, but buddy, all of that, you're right, but he left the, the sheath there. That's the right. hard thing. Like I said, he was in a frenzy. There's no way that he he's going in there, especially if this is his first time, and there's not going to be an overwhelming feeling going on. Like this is a, you know, a fight for your life situation. Yeah, right. You know, not, not just for the victims that pass, but for himself as well, because, you know, he's committing this crime. If these people wake up or if they attack him, it's not to, you know, just hold him down. They're going to try to disarm him or use the knife on him. Right. They're, 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 they're fighting for their lives on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a chaotic situation like that, things don't always go as planned. You know, it's yeah, I find it very difficult that he would have been able to uh, plan this out to that T and it go exactly as planned. I think that's the reason why he's driving around a lot. You know, maybe perhaps he sees, you know, the Range Rover parked outside and it's not, you know, he doesn't understand why it's there. Mm -hmm. And so he's driving around trying to figure that out. Or maybe he sees a DoorDash food outside of the house. And and that you know causes him to drive around and wait for that to to go away because he wants to make sure that people are asleep when he enters. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but you know, yeah, the to think that everything went perfect that night for him um, is, is, is not realistic. In fact, you had a hit and run that happened in front of his house. You had Kaylee who was supposed to be gone back that weekend in a vehicle that she wasn't putting out there. I mean, there was right. a lot of things that went on that night that couldn't have been accounted for. And I think when you see his hesitation of him driving around the block multiple times is an indication of that. You're like, Hey man, cops are just and outside yet, the house. Right. But, and yet, and this is just, again, I, I, I get what you're saying, but, and yet he did this. We'll just say he did this. He had alive four people and got away with it. And then he still, he went to a doctor's appointment. He got a haircut. He uh -huh. did all these things and just lived his life like nothing. I mean, that's, well, I don't I mean, know. Man. That's hard. There's to, no, there's no, there's been no indication of DNA under, under any of the nails of the victims. Right. Right. 
So whoever did this, it doesn't appear that they got scratched up. Right, right. I mean, and, there's and no blood. There's no. There's no other DNA of anybody else that's out there that could have committed this crime. So whoever committed this crime did this without, you know, without a scratch, to our knowledge. Based I on feel, the fact that there's I not DNA was, there. Yeah, and if we're gonna go another direction with it, I feel like it had to have been uh, somebody that was very well trained, uh, professionally per se, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? But I just mm -hmm. don't see him being that person as of yet. As of yet, like I said. Uh, you know, they could, and I've said this from day one, they could drop something tomorrow, a bombshell, and if it proves that Brian is guilty, I said, I'll be the first one standing in line with the pitchfork and the torch ready to hang his ass, period. I mean, 100%. Yeah, whoever did this definitely needs, that's the way it needs to be, bro. I mean, it's just, I, it's, it's my it's my oh, brain dude. my brain won't let me do it that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i hear you my man i hear you this is a this is definitely one of the cases that is for the books when it comes to just oh uh, yeah, yeah how crazy this case is you, you know like i mentioned before we had gotten emails and text messages and or facebook messages and right. stuff like that referencing that one of the surviving victims saw the killer in the house. Mm -hmm. And this is before the probable cause came out that it was on Reddit. And people were saying like, you know, I know this guy who knows that guy yeah. who's close to the investigation crap. And we never put it out there because one, it's unverifiable. We don't know yeah. where it's coming from, things right. of that nature. But it ended up being true. And we had, we thought that that was almost an impossibility. We would have put a lot of money down on the line saying that, there is no way that somebody right. saw somebody in that house and then right. wait eight hours. No way. Right. No way. Right. True I, I crime junkie comes in with a ten dollar says to me it's a drop off and someone's driving around waiting for the suspect to come back and pick them up. I mean that's quite possible, but even if that were the case, the person that they picked up would have a lot of blood on them and there would be you would assume there would be evidence of yeah uh, of of that blood. But we've hit over the two hour and 20 minute mark. We haven't done that here in a long time, David. I want to thank you so much. You know, for, thank you for, for having in. me. I always enjoy doing this. I always do. I like, yes, I sir. like, that's what's good about this, folks. And a lot of people don't seem to get it, is we can sit here and completely and totally disagree on this. Completely, if we do. Yeah. And at the end of the show, shake hands and walk away because that's what it's about, guys. Yeah, this isn't this isn't personal for me, at least. Um, me either. Me either. You know what I mean? The, there's there's real families out there that are going through some yes. through a horrific incident, and you know, I've you know, as everybody knows, I've had the um, opportunity to to get to know one of the persons uh, closely related to one of these victims, a mother, and you know, um, it's 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 a weight, you know, um, to bear sometimes. You know, knowing that, you know, how they're feeling and oh yeah, and trying to stay within a certain amount of respectability and things of that nature when it comes to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You get what I'm saying? And absolutely, so, absolutely. you know, um, but with that, all of that said, you know, there's no point in like taking it personal and, and, no. and you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a right to disagree. Like, you know, I'll listen to a couple of different creators that are out there uh, that are respectable. You know, there are some creators that, you know, 
I just don't give them the time of day and I don't listen to anything right. that they say. Yeah, and so um, I'll listen to some and I'll be honest, I'll, I'll about 70%. I, I don't agree 100% with what they're saying. There's like an aspect of what they're saying that I don't agree with. Right. But, I, you know, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Just because, I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong so many damn times. Absolutely. <laughs> you know Same what I'm saying? Uh, as far as the email, yeah, as far as the email, guys, our email is drunkturkeyshow at gmail.com. But, you know, everybody go follow Dago. It's True Crime Cafe with Dago. I'm going to try to pull it up real quick for you so that way everybody can uh, knows where to find you. Uh, when, do you when do you go live again, Dago? I will be live again tomorrow at 1230 Eastern Standard Time. Five days a week, folks, every day. Um That's a lot of work, man. we're going we are we're going back back in the time. <laughs> looking at uh what we could have missed, what we may have missed, who we may have missed. We're just looking, we're looking back towards the beginning. And you know, every time you look at this, the second, the third, the fourth time, I always see something new. So that's what we're doing tomorrow, folks, between twelve and twelve thirty. PM Eastern Standard Time. I'd uh, love to see you. Plenty of room. Come on in, guys. Come on in. If for those well, of you that aren't going to be there, of course. <clears throat> I'll be tuning in. Um, we typically don't. You know what? We are going live tomorrow. We're going live. Um, us, Drunk Turkey Show, will be live with the Criming Shame at 9, 8, 9, 10 a.m. Central. That's 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, we're going to be talking about the docs that were just dropped. Uh, referencing Richard Allen and the Delphi case. You don't want to miss it. Hit that yeah. like and subscribe button on your way out, guys. We appreciate everybody. Thank you to the mods. Thank you to the members. Thank you to the subscribers. We couldn't do this without you. We appreciate you, and thank you again, Diego. That being said, yeah. we'll absolutely. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate you so very much. Keep up the great work. I love you guys in chat. Have a great one, folks. Peace.